I V M I V M Hello everyone this is your daily NBA podcast coming to you from Monday to Friday I'm your host Monish and as always joined by Nishant this is Triangle Offense We had a buzzer beater, an ugly end, we had bruised heads, we had blood all over the floor. We had everything happening in the game 2 Western Conference Final between the Phoenix Suns and the LA Clippers. We'll be talking all about that on today's episode. Whether you're an established sports person or a budding one or simply a sports enthusiast, join us, Tanvi and Shlok. We are two passionate pro badminton players talking policy, mindset and everything sport. So tune in to the Millennial Athlete every Monday only on the IVM Podcast Network. Trust us, it's going to be lit. The Clippers lost this game 103 to 104 and if you look at the stat board it says Cameron Payne scored 29 points and 9 assists. This guy was someone who was in the G League just a season ago. DeAndre Ayton, the top pick in the 2018 draft, scored 24 points and 14 rebounds. Booker had an off night. He scored twenty points. Still got a very big uh, shot off at the end with thirty seconds left on the floor. Cam Johnson and Dario Saric they got twenty two points off the bench together. For the Clippers, it was Paul George who got twenty six, but he took a million attempts to get there. <laughs> Reggie Jackson scored nineteen, and nobody else really contributed. Yeah. The, the Phoenix Suns coming off victors by just a single point. It was a fantastic end to the game. It was bizarre. The lead up to the end was very bizarre. it was pandemonium all around yeah. uh every single possession was being reviewed by the refs and it kind of made it frustrating if you were watching the game live because that last 2 minutes i think lasted 30 minutes and the game never seemed to end the sequence of plays was insane because the suns were down by one devin booker had the ball pat bev forces a the ball to go outside but the re- the reviews in super slow motion showed that it went off booker's hand yeah. and then yeah. clippers got the ball They should have finished it there. The inbound pass to PG, he gets fouled. Two free throws, he should have finished it there. They are already they are already leading by one. He misses not one, he misses both the free throws. This is a career eighty five percent free throw shooter. In clutch time, he misses both the free throws. He's the main guy for the Clippers. Let's not forget that. Yeah. On the inbound uh, for the Suns, Booker gets double teamed and he had to pass the ball off. Bridges gets an open look. He misses his three. Clippers don't catch the rebound. It's still yep. Phoenix Suns ball. The ball gets forced outside. The Clippers, instead of just going on with it, decide to review that call because why not? Hey, you got one. Why not try again? And then that gives time for the Phoenix Suns to drop and whatever play they want on with 0.8 seconds left on the clock. Yeah. There's only one way that they're going to score with 0.8 seconds left. You, it has to be an alley hoop. It has to go to DeAndre Ayton. I think the Clippers just went to sleep. They put Demarcus Cousins, but he was not guarding the angle between the basket and the inbounder. Right? He was just standing there, waving yeah. his arms around. I don't understand what they were doing. Zubac gets screened by Booker, which gives Aiton a free run at the run at the basket, and then he dunks it. The game should have been over. Yeah. The, the Clippers appeal, and then the refs put back 0.7 seconds on the clock, which means that Aiton scored in 0.1 seconds. We're talking like this is Formula One. This is basketball. Yeah. <laughs> but end of the day we can just say that the clippers choked they missed two free throws cousins didn't know what he was doing while standing there and waving his arms zubach didn't know he was going to get screened tailu shouldn't have taken that appeal which meant that phoenix suns got a chance to draw their entire play with 0.7 seconds left 0.8 seconds left which means that the clippers really choked they had multiple opportunities to finish the game 
the Suns came out victors and hey, that's what you do when you're a conference finalist. You take every given opportunity. What a game though. The Cousins had played three minutes up until that point. <laughs> three minutes in the entire game. And this is a guy who's missed like entire seasons with injury. Comes back. New team. He just moved here like a couple of months ago. He's played three minutes all game. Um, and he was on eight. So I'm not surprised that he, he was caught snoozing a bit. Um, 0.7 seconds on the clock. They need a shot to win. <clears throat> what do you think was going to happen? Like any team. We've seen this so many times before now. Dwight Howard's done it. Giannis has done it. Jokic did it, I think, last season or this season. Yep. Uh, right yep. at the buzzer. It's the only way you get a shot off that quick. Unless you know it's a three-pointer, in which case you, you need a bigger miracle. It's the only way. Two points to win, less than a second on the clock. That's the only thing any team's going to attempt. And who did they have on the floor at that time, right? They had Booker, they had Bridges, they had, I, I think Payne was on the floor. They had Crowder and they had Aiton. Yep. Eight, um, Crowder was throwing the inbounder. The inbounder, yeah. Who do you think the alley oops going to on that squad? Like you thought, <laughs> not Booker for sure, not Campaign yeah. for sure. Yeah, who who do you think that alley oop pass is going to go to? And that wasn't even if if they if the Clippers paid any kind of attention. And they and I know they have the kind of coach that does. They've been doing it all game. Um, Payne yep. threw a lob to Aiton. Uh, Crowder threw the best lob of the match to Aiton in the first half. Yep. Where I was thinking, yep. when did Aiton turn into AD? Where is all this aggression coming from? Um, <laughs> So they should have seen it coming. It was the only play that anyone could have run, and they still kind of slept. Which is which is the story of this Clippers side. It is so frustrating to watch a team with this kind of talent. Yes, they didn't have Kawhi. We get it. Suns didn't have Chris Paul. He's been their engine all game. Take Chris yep. Paul out. This is Suns from last year, yep. plus some evolution. So they have their own excuses, and they stepped up. And and, and their best player on the night. I know Aiton has the numbers. But that was Cameron Payne. He ran the show. He was the heart and soul of that team. And he was a G League guy last year. So, yep. so what's your excuse, uh, Clippers? It's so frustrating, all of the talent that they have. And you, you see them every game till halftime. They're just lazing their way through it. And somehow they're still in the game. They're down by one, up by one, something like that. And they're thinking, okay, we've got this. We'll just explode because we're the Clippers in the fourth quarter. You're the same Clippers that blew a 3-1 lead. You're the same Clippers that got bounced last year. By by a still up and coming Denver Nuggets, same Clippers that got taken to seven games by Luca with half a backbone uh, injured and and absolutely nobody else on that team, and then somehow you scrape through um, in the semis against against Jazz who who largely well they kind of screwed their own chances, and you're here and yet you think where the Clippers are going to do this second half easy, they lays around fourth quarter single point game put it to bed nope. As long as we have the lead, who cares, right? If, if it's one point, who cares? We've got the lead, let's chill. Throughout the game, Zubac is useless. He's got to go. If there is a team next season that includes Kawhi Leonard, Zubac has to go. He's an abomination. Uh, just minimal possible effort on defense. I know you put up some points, but if you watch the match, most of that came in the fourth quarter. Um, minimal effort on defense. There was a moment in the first half, I don't know if you noticed this, Bridges shot a three. Zubac was under the rim. The second Bridges releases that ball, Zubac is walking away already. He's not going away to get a reward. He's walking away. He's thinking that's going in. Somebody will inbound the ball. Let me just move. Guess what? That shot was bricked. It landed where Zubac was supposed to be. They got the offensive rebound and they scored. Guess who had yep. more points of uh, like second chance opportunities? Suns. And then here's of where course. you know you're well and truly useless. You're the only big man on the team. Cousins played three minutes. There's nobody else who has your size. 
the Phoenix Suns outscored the Clippers 60, 60 to 30 points in the paint. <laughs> 60, double, 60 points out of their 100-something, 60 came in the paint. Zubac, hello. And this was when Suns had an off night. They were atrocious from the three. Yep. Uh, Payne bricked it. Booker didn't shoot it pretty well. They let Saric put up four, I don't know, for what pleasure. And he bricked like three of them. Um, this was a complete off night. And then points in the paint saved them. Points of turnover saved them. Second chance points saved them. And then, despite all this, the Clippers somehow got a one-point lead with like a minute to play or less than that. Because Paul George did his thing, went to the mid-range, went to a spot, pulled up, cash. Now, they have a one-point lead. Miraculously, they get the ball again. And now they're shooting for the game. Paul George gets fouled. You've got a one-point lead. You get two free throws. What do you do? You hit even one of them. You hit even one of them and you're basically forcing the Suns to to go for a three with like hardly any any time left on the clock. You hit two of them, they're shooting a three to tie the game. Uh, you hit you hit one free throw at least, they're shooting three to win or two to tie, whatever it is. You're going to force a three from them. Nobody's going to go for the tie from there. Uh, what, is, what does our man do? Uh, new variant of Pandemic P, he bricks both free throws. And this is a career 80 something percent free throw shooter. Bricks both free throws, Suns get the ball. Um, they need, what was it, two to win, right? Two wins it. Yep. They don't even need to go for the three. Two wins it yep. and they still go for a three anyway. I thought that was an excellent play. Booker drew the double team, gave it off to Crowder. Crowder drew another defender, gave it to Bridges. Corner okay. three, easiest shot in the game. If you're going to attempt a three, he bricked it. All Clippers had to do was box out, get a rebound. Hello, cousins. Hello, Zubas. Uh, <laughs> boom. Pow. They somehow... Not only do they fail to grab the... Re- they could have just let it run and the clock would have run out. Somebody yeah. gets a hand on it. So it's Clippers, last touch, Phoenix ball again, 0.7 on the clock and the rest is as you described it. Uh, I, I am so done with these Clippers. I, I don't even think I want to watch their <laughs> games. They're going to come back. They're going to win one game Kawhi, if Kawhi comes back. Or or maybe just Paul George turns into Paul George of old, playoff P, whatever he wants to call it. They'll win one game. And again, they'll be they'll be talking, walking... You know, as if they're defending champions. Like, this is what we do. With the no, no, no. We're done. We're done with this team. <laughs> You're an embarrassment to basketball. I wish the Jazz were here. Only thing is, it turns out they're even bigger chokers than the Clippers. This was a game where the role players took over, right? Booker had an off night. Paul George was very inefficient. Yeah. It was campaign. 29 points, 9 assists. You said that he was in the G League last season. He also played in China last season. And what an incredible... Uh, Chris Paul is supposed to be out, the main guy for Phoenix Suns, and now he's replacing Chris Paul, who with that all that 16 years of experience. He's the guy, virus. Uh, <laughs> he's the virus that infected the Clippers. <laughs> it's crazy. Campaign was amazing. It, it was almost like the Clippers forgot that he was left-handed. He was giving. They were giving him that free lane through throughout yeah, yeah, the game yeah, to the basket. I'm yeah. like, uh, did they forget that he was a left-hander with that awkward Joe Ingles kind of shot that he has? Cam Johnson and Dario Saric were amazing off the bench. They scored yep. 22 points, which is pretty amazing. For the Clippers also, it was all role players who were doing the job, right? Like you said, Zubac got some points. Luke Kennard was amazing at the to, at the start yeah, of the fourth yeah. quarter. Uh, Rondo came off and hit some few, I think a couple of three-pointers when it mattered. But uh, yeah, in the end, Paul without George, Kawhi Leonard... PG got support. That's long story short. Yes, like PG, PG got support. support. Exactly. That's not an excuse, right? Like yeah. Exactly. At the end of the day, you know that without Chris Paul and without Kawhi Leonard, it was supposed to be these role players who are going to win the game for you. And I think the Clippers bench were out out yeah. uh, scored by the Phoenix Suns, which eventually won them the game pretty mm-hmm. easily. Mm-hmm. This was Clippers' chance to level the series. Game one, I think they kind of got outdone with the schedule. I mean, they just got like 
36 hours of rest after the game 6 against the jazz they kind of got outdone there with the schedule but game 2 this was a chance to come back they had it in the bag to just a choke us. job if if ever there was one choke job this was a choke job uh i i have no answers the phoenix suns are one step in the nba final didn't see that coming at the start of the season i knew i rated them pretty highly but nba finals not that high wow this is an amazing team very happy for them yeah, yeah. Uh, watch watch the clippers come back now by the way after just hitting rock bottom <laughs> ruining any kind of expectations now they'll win a game and suddenly everyone's like this this is the clippers we were talking about where now really damn so done let's talk about the bucks man <laughs> <laughs> we should talk about the bucks uh just just a second before we go to the bucks i yeah. we should talk about deandre ayton right i mean 2018 yep. draft pick throughout his career he's going to be compared with trey young and luka doncic because he went above them in the draft But man, this guy is holding his own. He's he's won against a team that had AD. He's won against a team that has Joker. He's winning against a Clippers team. This guy is the proper definition of a center. He can do everything. He's comfortable yeah. with the ball. He's comfortable under the rim. He's a great defender. The only thing he does not do right now is shoot the three. And the Phoenix Suns don't do that as a team as well. It's not that he's required to do that and yeah. he doesn't do it. He just doesn't <laughs> need to do it at the Phoenix Suns. This is a great center. I think he's holding up for his own. I mean, it's not his. fall that he got drafted over Luka and Trey Young but he'll take it and he's holding up for a zone he's now almost into an NBA final before Luka Doncic got there and probably even before Trey Young will get there but if you do the draft <laughs> again would you take Aiton over Luka and Trae? No of course not of course not so I wouldn't take Aiton but this guy seems to be a perfect third guy in the team right he's good yeah i mean if you are luka doncic you'd probably have some ego clashes between booker and luka doncic in that team or where would chris paul fit in in that team right but Aiton comes across as this nice guy who's very willing to be the third a third guy in the team. He has no qualms about Booker being the superstar in the team. No qualms about Chris Paul being in the team. He's a third guy. He's happy to do his role. And even in his post-match presser if you look at him he's like he's always thanking his teammates. He's like great play by the coach. I just did what the yeah, coach yeah. asked me to do. No there's no self uh what do you call it? It's not like the Clippers. It's like okay it's a team game and everyone contributed and it's not just me and No, I mean, uh, I'm sure Zuba should say the same thing if you ask him. It's just he doesn't get an opportunity <laughs> to say it because he's not as good. Um, I like Aiton. I think he's uh, defense and offense can't shoot the three. Kind of like Bam, can't defend like Bam, but I think he's uh, very effective uh, offensively. Different style, but just as effective as Bam um, offensively. So I think it's a a good player in the making. I don't quite think he's a max contract guy, <clears throat> but I think he's uh, he could definitely be the. he's right now the third best player on a championship squad he could grow into maybe the second best player on a on a championing squad and that's assuming these guys win the chip i think we're getting ahead of ourselves but um, great development he took his own sweet time it wasn't rushed it wasn't quite and and that kind of further cements stray young and look at onches's greatness because they exploded from day one it was clear how good they were yep it took a took a little while to settle into that role to understand the low post game to understand how to be a true big um in today's game especially when the game shifts to the perimeter i think he's in the right spot too teams like mm-hmm. phoenix teams like the lakers uh, the west has a couple of these teams where they don't depend on the three shot as much and yeah. so you can kind of make your place as a traditional a big man there versus um like you could talk of a bunch of teams out east where the three ball is is heavy in their offensive game plan and so a non um stretch big would would be a problem right so i think he's in the right right place to grow uh, i can't wait to see what else he throws at us 
Yep, uh, do you think the Clippers have any chance of coming back? They've already gone 2-0 down twice this season. They've come back and won both those series. Uh, they've lost both these games by an aggregate of 7. 6 in the first game, 1 in this game. So mm. it's not like they've been getting blown out. It's still close. Both the games, they could have, the results could have gone either way. Do you think the Clippers still have a chance? Can they come back? I, I mean, they always have a chance. But I'm really, this isn't really the kind of championship team you want. If they come back from this, do you really want this haphazard We'll only play when our ass is on fire championship team. Can they come back? Yes. Should they come back? I hope not. Um, I hope for the game in general, teams like this, just like the universe won't make sense um, to me if the Clippers prevail. I think the Suns deserve their reward. And I think, you know what? I think they're good enough to close this out with or without um, Chris Paul, who will be back in a game or two. These were actually the Clippers' best chance to take them down. They let them thrive. The longer this series goes on, the stronger Booker gets because the more time he has to pick you apart, he will pick you apart offensively. Um, which yep. means if Kawhi doesn't come back, Paul George will have a bit too much on his hands um, sure. once Booker gets settled in and once Chris Paul starts exploiting all of those gaps. Chris Paul on that floor, like like campaign did a great job, but Chris Paul on that floor, you know he's absolutely going to exploit uh, Zubac uh, in the low yep. post. He's going to exploit Cousins every time he's on the floor. He's going to explore, uh, exploit pulling uh, Kennard in uh, into the low post, creating a mismatch, Crowder, whoever, and and all of these problems, which pretty much Rondo's the only guy that, that has the brain to counter these, but he doesn't seem to be the Rondo of last season. Uh, mm-hmm. So, highly unlikely. Can they come back? Yes. Mathematically, yes, but, but highly unlikely. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. If you're not following us on social media, please do. We're IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'd like to thank the sponsors on the network this week, Cred and Sia. Thank you so much for making this possible. We've had an amazing week on the network. Do check out The Note with Maruki Nayad. She speaks to Prabhat Kumar, the man leading child protection at one of India's leading NGOs, Save the Children. On The Habit Coach, Ashton was joined by Rajat Mittal Shah to talk about some superfoods in Ayurveda like turmeric and ashwagandha. On Pesa Vesa, host Anupam Gupta has a digital gold special in two parts, one with Ashraf Rizvi, founder and CEO of Digital Swiss Gold, and Gilded, and one with Deepak Abbott, co-founder of India Gold. Listen to the first part of the Father's Day special of Agla Station Adulthood with Rasha and her father, Dr. Vipul Roy Rathhord. You should also check out Cyrus Says' episode with Mukul Chadda. He talks about upcoming shows Sunflower and Sherni. Our Kannada podcast, Thaleo Rates, celebrates 100 episodes and we had a reunion of hosts Pawan, Ganesh and Surya who shared their favorite moments from the past. Shiva Matra is back with the second season of Smile India. The show is available in both English and Hindi. On this episode, she talks about the conversion from bag teas to bagless ones and how we should ditch the plastic and have a great tea experience. And with that, let me get you back to your show. Alright, we also have the other Eastern Conference final out today. Game 1 between the Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks should start as overwhelming favourites, don't they? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Giannis, Middleton, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, that's a hell of a team. You're going up against the Atlanta Hawks who are not supposed to be here, but they are here, miraculously. Yeah. And well on their credit as well. I mean, Absolutely. well on their merit as well. So, uh, how do you think this game is going to go? Trey Young versus Giannis? Uh, which side is this going to swing? It will boil down to that battle of uh, the perimeter battle between Trey Young and Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday was abysmally poor for his high standards in the playoffs uh, against yep. the Nets. Both both ends of the floor. I think. Defensively, he can still step up. Because that's what I love about defense, right? It's not that dependent on form. Your yep. shot may go, but defense is fundamentals. 
um, you you'll still be very effective. Take take Ben Simmons for example. He was atrocious on offense, but he was still a world class um, defender. Right. So they need that Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday on Trey Young that decides the series uh, mm-hmm. because that's where it all starts. Now the the other guys who are uh, etc. Middleton can do that. Capella, uh, John Collins with Brook Lopez and Giannis in the paint. I really don't see how those two can um, can cause much much damage. I think. This Bucks team is ferocious on defense, and if Drew Holiday can handle Trey Young, even limit his impact on the game, uh, they've 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 got enough firepower, and they can absolutely match the the Hawks' offense. They really can. Against the Nets, it felt like it was out of sorts from time to time their offense, but otherwise, Drew Middleton, Giannis, Brook Lopez playing that stretch five role, uh, Connaughton coming up big from three. They they've got they've got the people they've got uh, the their uh, corner three specialist P J Tucker Brent oh P J Tucker <laughs> yeah no no the corner three is P J Tucker man like every year you you put that heat map of players and their spots and that corner three is always it's on uh, fire <laughs> yeah, yeah so so they've got they've got the firepower to match the the Hawks offense um and and God knows they've got enough injury and they've learned from from a lot of failures so they've got that they it feels like they've paid their dues. It remains yep. to be seen what that seven-game series took out of them, but the Bucks, incredibly, are one of those few sides that have had almost no injury concerns throughout. Right, they've right. been fit, they've been resilient, they dug it out against the Nets. Very impressive. Uh, they, they're absolute favorites. Yeah, they should start as favorites considering yeah. that they're also thirteen and zero in their last thirteen home games. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks must have a little bit of fatigue after that grueling seven-game yeah. series against the Sixers. The Bucks did to uh, go against uh, the Bucks did go the length as well, but they had an extra day off, so I think probably mm. that all that given, I think the Bucks start off as favorites. This yeah. should be a comfortable game one, in my opinion. The series will be close. It'll be heat. It'll be heated. Uh, Trey yeah. Young is not going to back down without a fight, so it'll be a fun few days to watch out uh, this series. I think it's a six-game series. It has all the makings of a six-game yep. series, but but Bucks in six for me and Phoenix in six. So let's let's go. That's my first prediction of the finals round. I I agree. I think the Phoenix in five wouldn't surprise me. The Bucks in five <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. But I'll stick with six and make it a safe prediction. <laughs> but uh, nice catching up with you. That's all we have on today's episode, and I'll see you later. Peace. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to check out our other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on our social media. We're at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to us at Triangle Offense, and you know you do, you know you want to reach out to us and tell us that our opinions on your favorite players are trash. You want to tell us Magic Johnson is still better than Steph Curry and you don't think Steph Curry has changed the game. For all that and more, reach out to us at Tri Offense Pod, that's T-R-I-O-F-F-E-N-S-E Pod, on both Instagram and Twitter. If you love cricket, listen up. The Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast is here for you. Hosted by DJ, Varun, and me, Ashwin, we bring a fun, fresh fan's point of view to talking all things cricket. Sometimes it's just the three of us, sometimes we have guests, including current and former international cricketers. For new episodes every week, check out the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast on the IVM app, website, or wherever you get your podcasts. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your five-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure, and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website, 
or wherever you get your podcast from.